Welcome to Dealmaker Diaries, where you hear directly from the dealmakers who you invest with. M&A, real estate syndication, and more. Strap in for unparalleled advice, wisdom, and insight from some of the world's best business minds with Don Thomas and G1C Group. Welcome everyone to another episode of Dealmaker Diaries. Today's guest, Curtis May, is the host of the Practical Wealth Show podcast and the creator and owner of Practical Wealth Advisors. Curtis has been planning for individuals for more than 35 years and he is passionate about helping his clients save money and live the very best life they can right now. The primary focus of his financial planning firm is to help individuals and families become financially free by following the principles of wealth creation that have endured for centuries around the world. So let's give Curtis a warm welcome to the show. Let's go. So Curtis, welcome to the show. Great to have you today. Yes, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, likewise, likewise. So um, before we get started, why don't you... Uh, Give us a brief summary um, about what you do for your clients. Uh, a brief summary. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I uh, I teach people how money works, right? Um, what well, we we teach, uh, so I'm, a, I'm the kind of known as the, as the uh, anti-Wall Street financial advisor. And uh, I really teach people how to become more efficient. You know, most people think the key to growing their money is investing or to find investments that pay better investments that pay a higher rate of return. Um, But usually to do that, especially with typical advice, you have to take more risk. What I do is I help people find money that they're losing unknowing unnecessarily. Right. Because if you're going to create maximum wealth, you have to create maximum efficiency first. Right. And so we'll get into the six ways we help people do that. But I help them keep more of what they make and free up more money so they can save even more money. And then we tear teach them a superior place to store their capital, which we call which live your list may have heard of called infinite banking. So I specialize in that. But that's actually step two in the system. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, of. And and so we kind of specialize in that and really having people understand that, you know, it's it's a. Uh, how to become more efficient, how to protect themselves, and how to make sure that they thrive, not just survive in good times and back. I think we're going to go into a little tunnel here that you need to be prepared <laughs> to to protect your personal economy and grow your personal economy at the same time. So that's what I do. Okay. And um, so you mentioned um, infinite banking being like step two. So would step one be like that protection that you talked about, maybe the roof? Well, what would step one be? So step one in our, I teach something called, I'm a proponent of principles-based planning, okay? So our framework is principles, uh, and there's different sets of principles. So like Ten Commandments, those are principles, right? So principles don't change. Uh, If you ever read The Richest Man in Babylon, The Seven Cures for a Lean Purse, those are principles, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I teach principles. Principles drive strategy. IBC is a strategy, Okay. And um, cash flow mapping, we talked about before we start recording, it's a strategy, okay? So principles precede that strategy, and then strategy drives tactics, okay? Tactics are products that you buy. So life insurance 
product, like when people heard about infinite banking, they think infinite bank is about the insurance. It's not. It's the tactic you use to implement the cash flow management system of being your own bank. But the principle that precedes that, so here are the five principles, and I'll go over them fast and then you can break them down if you want to. The principle number one, and this is basis, this is block and tackling. So a lot of times, Donald, most people, they want to jump right into investing, and I back people into the principles because when I walk, I have a whole like a, 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 a one-page financial plan I do for people that's based on these. And what I do is I find that people want to skip the basics and jump right in. You know, uh, they want to skip steps one, two, three. They want to jump the tent. You know, mm-hmm. and they need to, but they don't know how money works. They don't have a plan, right? So principle one is save, right? So save what? Save 15, 20% of your gross income, okay? And uh, principle two, I'll just name them right now, is maximum protection. So maximum protection is a principle that I call, you have to play defense, right? So you have to play defense. So that's looking at, and I look at all the people's stuff. So I look at their auto, I look at their homeowners, I look at their umbrella. I had a client that had uh, what, four or five properties worth like $3 million, $100,000 of cash flow. Oh, four properties because they had four LLCs, but no umbrella coverage, right? So they didn't, you know, and I say, look, your first line of defense is not uh, limited, emphasis on limited liability company. Your first line of defense is insurance. You need an umbrella policy. I had to get her a quote for like $3 million of umbrella. It was like maybe $800, you know, because if you get sued, you need the insurance company's lawyer to go to work for you. You don't need yeah. it because they can figure out how to pierce the damn veil. So a lot of people don't understand. They don't know what they don't know. You know, you want to look at <clears throat> what if you got hurt and you couldn't work? What if you, you know, do, is your hospitalization insurance? Okay. So I, you know, I understand all this stuff. So we review it with them. Uh, when people come through our process, we look at their um, – these are in order too, like auto, home. Do you have replacement costs on your primary resident? Do you have proper coverage on your on your 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 business? I mean you're in commercial, so you know you're, you know, you're not even bank. It's not going to not let you have the proper stuff. But you could be uninsured with your car, and you or a child gets in an accident, and all of a sudden you're liable because they hurt somebody or they were at fault. Mm-hmm. So you have to protect yourself. Um, uh, you need, you know, we talk about estate planning, make sure you have the proper wills and, uh, uh, we're moving into some strategic alliances or teach people to trust, right? So there's trust for estate planning, revocable, irrevocable, and there's asset protection trust, like a two separate conversations, but all that falls under maximum protection. There's life insurance. And so right now I'm, I'm talking about a common, of, uh, we were talking before term and whole life, but primarily, most people are underinsured or their life insurance. So what happens if mm. you die? You know, you, the, your kingdom is supposed to be you're building the empire, but what if you don't make it? Because what could happen? You could die. You could get sick. You could get sued. You have a fire. You know, you yeah. could get disabled. You have to play defense. And what I find is most people skip that. I'll come back to that if you want. Third pillar <laughs> is um, forward placement of assets at death, guaranteed. Okay, so I want people to build a legacy of wealth and wisdom. So you're familiar with infinite banking. Nelson says you need to be thinking three generations at least. So I'm trying to get people to expand their 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 vision and think long range and uh, for placement of that death guaranteed. Right. Which is why tactically I only use whole life because a whole life is the only thing that's guaranteed. There's other types of insurance. People want to sneak in there and say they're doing infinite banking. 
um, you know, universal life and that kind of stuff, universal life, but it's not guaranteed. Nothing in the contract is guaranteed. So we want certainty because I don't need the policy to do backflips. I need, I'm going to make money in my business and in my investments. I just need a stable place to store my liquidity, which is principle four, six to 12 months of your income cash. Mm-hmm. Or cash equivalent, right? So everybody's like, oh, no, I can't leave my money sit. I, I have to be broke. No, stuff happens, okay? You don't need to be fully invested. You need to have money. So Because if you have money, opportunities will find you, okay? Mm-hmm. For the kind of money people need for syndications, they need to have some capital to deploy and still mm-hmm. have you know three, four months left over of reserves. So I want to make people do that. And then the fifth principle, by the time they get to you, what they're looking for, they're looking for cash flow, right? They're looking for, so that's, this is my hand signal for people watching the video, of velocity, right? You want velocity. Most people are trained in what I call the accumulation theory. Buy and hold, dollar cost average, get out of debt, buy a term investor difference. Mm-hmm. But rich people don't do that. Yeah. That's why I found out for rich to have for that, right? Yeah. It's the whole, money it's with velocity, right? Yeah. And money or velocity. All they want yeah. is velocity, right? So yeah. if you look at the velocity, we call the velocity method, Versus the accumulation theory, this is principle five, right? What do they do? They focus on velocity. How soon can I put my money and get it back out, right? And so what do you do? You force appreciation through improving the profits, and then you pull your money back out tax-free and flow it into another thing. But the first thing is still throwing off cash flow. That's velocity, right? And so people – but that's where people want to jump in, but they don't have one through four set up. So those that's what comes before now. Now, because if you can't save 15, 20 percent of your income or you don't have any liquidity, you can't do step two because you don't have any money. <laughs> because that's where the money comes from. The fund, the, the, the fund step two is from your savings. It's just a, yeah. a, a, a superior place to store your cash. Right. And uh, where you can use your money without using it and have access to capital and use your money through collateralization and. You know, I, I can get more of that later. I just, uh, but that's the infinite banking thing where you can borrow against your reserves and have your money working in two different places at the same time. So, and that in of itself creates velocity through simultaneous use, right? Because you've got one dollar doing four or five jobs. Yeah. But what I do that's a little bit different is I kind of put a financial planning wrapper around IBC because I, what I found is that there's still. St- steps being missed because too many people are focused on they think you know infinite banking is some type of magic money box and it's not it's just a, it's, it's fantastic but um it's it's a place to store your liquidity and it's a system of cash flow management you literally have to start to think like the banker that's the strategy like how do banks make money and when people get into that aspect of it then we're trying to teach them how to think like banks do right how do banks make money what would Bank of America do? Because and so now you begin to treat your money with respect. You understand there's no free money. You finance everything you buy. And so it's all about thinking. You know, it's all about your mindset and how do you think like the bank. So that's step one, step two. All right. Very good. And so let's talk about cash flow mapping. So what is that and how does it work? So cash flow mapping. Is a term. So we're. I'm kind of like the. Some. My nickname is the contrarian, right? So I'm anti everything. <laughs> so. <laughs> so what? Like so, I'm anti budgeting. So we have a tagline 
we, we, we teach called learn how to, and it's a process system that we teach. Actually, now I've been implementing before I even do the, 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 the five principles. Uh, because if you can't do this, you can't even do the first step, which is save 15% if you don't manage your cash flow. So we, we our tagline is, I have a book I give away called Budgeting Stinks. And uh, we say, because budgeting, it's good, but it's a track. It's ex- a lot of the people have budgets, they're expensive tracking tools. So we say, learn how to tell your money where to go instead of asking where it went. Okay. And so instead of looking at history, that's like, you know, budgeting is like driving your car looking through a rear view mirror. Even with business owners, your profit and loss is is a lag indicator. It's what happened last month, right? But how are you forecasting to tell your money where to go? So we have a, a process where we get we help people. So I'll give you a cursor because we have a software, our own software, but if you want to get a an idea of this, then I recommend people get Mike McCallowitz's book, Profit First. Okay. We're Profit First for real estate investors. So what we do is we get most wealth is lost by how they manage cash flow or don't manage cash flow. So you have to tell your money where to go. So when money comes in, I show people how to create uh, and our software will will teach you how to create um, uh, use it. Use cash flow as a tracking tool, but you have to separate it. See, most people just have one account. They call they call it uh, Mike calls it balance bank balance accounting, right? Oh, mm-hmm. I got money in the bank. Oh, I can afford that. Let's go buy this, right? And so you have to separate that out. So in our system, we teach people to have you know like four accounts. But I the, the, what we do is a little bit different. Is we do it on the personal side and the business side. Right. So on the mm-hmm. personal side, because where business is there for you to become financially independent. Period. In the stores. Only reason to be in right. business. Okay. And for freedom. And so, but the business is there to serve you. So, you know, one of the things I find when I work with business owners, they don't really know what their life costs. You know, what are their fixed bills? What are the, so they and you need to know what your life costs, what does it cost for your kids for college, for your household, for your car payments, for that kind of stuff? And what are your variable expenses? How much are you saving? So I show people how to set up like three or four different accounts for that. And then by do the same thing on the business side, because a lot of people don't since they don't they're co-mingling, right? They just do owners draw because they're broke, right? And so mm-hmm. I want you to get organized with your money so you can make better decisions. Is this marketing campaign working, right? Should I double down on this or should I stop this? Because this is, you know, this campaign is is not working. And so if you're not managing your cash flow, you can't tell that. And so that's the first step is to, okay, it's not what you earn, it's what you keep. So if you make a million, spend a million, you're still broke. Right. Right. So we so we want to stop it. I want to direct it. Okay, I'm say I say 15, 20 percent of my gross income. Boom. That's going to what we call a wealth capture account that we create. You know, you know, most of you need to set aside account just for your tax liability that you right. So, you you know, you got to I call it you got to feed the dragon. OK, the <laughs> dragon is the IRS. Right? You got to feed the dragon. Don't wake the dragon up. Just feed them enough. Yeah. Keep asleep. Keep them off your back. Right. And so, you know, you have to get with your accountant, but you might set aside 10 or 15 percent. So you make ten thousand dollars on a, you know, on a deal or whatever. Then boom. 1500 goes into, into your wealth capture, 15% go to taxes. Uh, you need, I set, I have an owner's pay where I make sure I pay Curtis. Mm-hmm. And I've determined that because I know what my life costs. 
and and see. So if the business won't support that, what does that tell you? You have a your that's your business talking to you. You either expenses are too high or you have to make more money. And now you can go in and figure out what you have to do. So I'm finding that. Not only do I do that, I'm putting people in an accountability program where we review it every 90 days, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, how much did you make? How much did you save for what you made? How much did you uh, grow your revenue? And then the other thing I track is how much how much did your investments grow? How much cash flow are you generating from your investments? And I think that you should – those are the numbers that you should look at every month. And one of the things that we work uh, – Donald, I, t- I want people to have a – a three-year goal, right? But I want one-year goals. Let's say if we so let's say it's right now as we, uh, we record this, I want people to go 12 months from today. What do they want to have happen? And then let's lay that out there so you have a vision of what you're trying to get accomplished. And then let's create 90-day objectives mm-hmm. of what you need to do. And then so if you've got now, if you're tight like that, if you want to have a good year, you got to have what four good quarters. Mm-hmm. Right. If you have a good quarter, you got to have three good months. If you have a good month, you got to have uh, four good weeks. And if you have a good week, you got to have five good days. So most people are too unfocused, especially with the tasks they got to get done that drives revenue and then with their money. So I've kind of combined the two. It's like, all right, here's based upon your goals, which you need to do tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have to be more on top of it than that, especially if you're like, trying to be a full-time investor or whatever you you have to go from being a work processor where you work and people tell you what to do to a work creator and that's is is it doesn't take talent it takes ability because abilities can be learned but you just have to organize yourself so you can do that so i kind of marry all that stuff together (laughs) in our process uh you know teach you how money works teach you how to stay in control of your money and get organized yeah, I love that because I, I think a lot of people, including me sometimes too, I used to set a goal, say I want to accomplish this by the end of the year. But like you said, if you don't have those objectives of how are you going to reach that goal or how are you going to accomplish that quarterly, monthly, weekly, oftentimes or more times than not, you're not going to hit it, right? Because it's just, it might as well just be pie in the sky. A year is too long. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you. So uh, I just – there's a great book on this. This is kind of my operating system. It's called uh, 12-Week Year by Brian yeah. Moran. Love yeah. that book, yeah. Right. So I, I, in fact, I just saw him last week uh, as we record this uh, at a live event. And so I have been – doing. it pulled a lot of little stuff together for me. Uh, and even you came out with your 12-week year goal. Here are your goals. Here are tactics. Here's your aspirational goals. And it's a whole workbook with that. And I'm telling you, if you work that – You'll lap people professionally because while they're worried about getting stuff done, like I'm like all in on September 30th because that's the end of year three for me, right? So even mm-hmm. though I'm in the fourth quarter, what most people try to get done by by New Year's, I every quarter I'm ending out with here's the stuff. Oh man, I got it. You know, I have he calls it periodization, and so you know you 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 got to get yourself into that mindset, and then with everything, you know, so you, you I you know I'll set two business goals. This is probably off topic, but and 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 a, and a personal goal, and mm-hmm. then this is what I work at, you know, health goal or whatever. I just mm-hmm. set like three or four, and then I just here are the tasks I got. All right, I got to drink my body weight and water. I got to, you know, make sure I get to the gym today on health. All right, I got to, you know, either uh, call uh, a few people, strategic alliance partners. I want to see if we can, you know, figure out ways to work together. So you have to do your, you know, your uh, your stuff. 
uh, every week. You know, if if it's like people, a lot of people want to set a goal of uh, we call it pass, passive income greater than expenses. We have a program called the uh, newsletter called the Cash Flow Nair and our membership, and we call it getting to a position of fu. Okay. <laughs> and so <laughs> FU is passive income, twice your expenses is the first level. Now you're financially free. Mm-hmm. And so, but that's a, that's, that's a number, not necessarily a net worth number because net worth is a, is what I call a lag indicator. You mm-hmm. know, it's cash flow. So like I need $10,000 a month. Okay. Well then once you set that number, depending on the asset class that you like. So what we teach is there's four asset classes, right? Business, real estate, paper, and commodities. So I don't give investment advice. Whatever you like is up to me. I'm just going to make sure that you're you're liquid, you understand how money works, and you know the difference between the asset and the liability. That's Curtis' job. I'm your def- – I always tell people I'm your defensive coordinator, right? Mm-hmm. You're – you're you're their offensive coordinator, right? Donald? You're mm-hmm. what you what you and your team do. That's offense, right? Make yeah. buying stuff, assets, building cash flow. And so, how many or how much money you have to put away, or how many doors you have to have to make ten thousand dollars a month, right? Mm-hmm. And so now, okay, well, I want that in three years. Okay, well, now you know you got to here. Here's what I need, and now you work backwards, and you know every all right. I got to be making offers on this many things. I gotta, you know, and you're not like just in la la land talking talking and most you know you're just you wake up self-directed and mm-hmm. uh that's what i try to get people focused on you know can we get you out the rat race in 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 seven ten years yeah and you mentioned accountability i think that's key as well like i have an accountability partner to help me check me on my goals monthly because i yeah i actually had laid out all my goals to him december last year and he he said, well, Donald, I noticed you don't even have any, you don't have anything on here about family. Is that what you want to do for your goals too? And I said, oh, yeah, you're right. I do need to ask because I'm doing all this for my family, right? So why don't you have a goal right. for your family? Right. Go on vacation once a year. I want to take my family here for 30 days every year or something. But yeah, it's good to have that accountability partner. I See, so now every year it means the 30 day. So if, you, if you're doing a 12 week year, then that's once a quarter. <laughs> because <laughs> right? yeah. that's a year right yeah. so that's what i try to do right so for example uh uh there's a guy and he's the one of the biggest coaching uh programs uh dan Sullivan's from strategic coach mm-hmm. he says that if you want to after this is more so for entrepreneurs if you want to you can't double your income until you double your time off mm-hmm. yeah because if you're your number one asset right well, then you got to rest. You have to relax. You have to recharge. Yeah. So I, I'm like a maniac when I'm working. I'm a monomaniac on a mission. But then, boom, we're going to, you know, I think I've already been two or three places this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, um, I think in November, as a recorder, we're going to Rome. And so now you travel back and forth a lot. But what I try to do is I try to work, work, work because I'm a maniac. And then, boom, we're off. We're going to go somewhere. And so, you know, I try to, you know, reward our family for putting out with me and they're yeah. going to go somewhere nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same. I mean, and I'm not there yet, but yeah, I mean, my, like you said, I go back and forth and most of the times it's, I'm alone. So my wife allows me to do that with a five-year-old. So yeah, I want to be yeah. in a position to reward them for allowing me to be away for 60 days at a time. So absolutely. Yes. And that's what you're working for. Right. Yeah. And yeah. is to be able to do that kind of stuff, you know, to be able to, um, you know, even in business, sometimes you need to be able to say F you to vendors or uh, um, 
even uh, I had a person work with me that was sending their business somewhere else. I was like, all right, you know what? You can't be on my stuff no more. And mm -hmm. uh, because I'm not training you to, to, to do whatever. And, you know, but my production is enough. It doesn't matter. I won't miss it. Yeah. I didn't miss it because I wasn't I don't really worry about it. And then I'm like, wait, now you say you're working, but I don't see anything. And then I started mm -hmm. looking into it like, wait, OK, what? What are you doing? And then, you know, now I'm looking at it. It's like, all right, I know you're not doing anything, but I know you're doing something, but it's not coming through me. But I'm training you. So you got to go. But I'm in a position of that. I don't have to beg anybody. So you want to be I, so my driving force down is freedom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so there's two types of freedom. Right. There's freedom from. And there's freedom to. Right. Mm -hmm. So I freed myself from having to work for other people like, you know, 15, 20 years ago. But. I'm not free to get on my jet yet and go wherever I want to go. Yeah. <laughs> my private jet. I don't know that I want that, but freedom too is just you can look, you know, you can just do what you want to do. That's that's what we mean by F you. And yeah. so the driving force of people that work at me, that's what I try to get them on. You know, if you tell me, well, what do you want? Oh, I just want to be comfortable. I'm about to smack you because that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. How can you define that? I can be comfortable right. on a couch in a 200 square foot home. Right. What does that mean? So. Yeah, they'll yeah, say, I don't want to be rich. I just want to be comfortable, right? Comfortable in the United States is like you need to be making about 200 grand a year. That's just upper middle class. Yeah. You take nice vacations. You got a nice house. You can put your kids in nice school. But you're not rich. Yeah. And that could disappear it, real quickly with, like real you said, quickly. With, with a lawsuit or a criminal charge and, and lawyer fees. That could go like that. And But until you're right. a client, what you, you have to build it. Yeah. That's why you have to build it and secure every level. Boom, 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 boom. And to your point, what you said about the freedom, I like that. It's also, even, even though I'm not working for someone else, I also want to have the freedom to work with the people I want to work with. So it might be, yes. I mean, you could have a supplier, a vendor that, hey, you just, I mean, you just don't, you just don't click with. I want to be able to have the freedom to say, you know what? This doesn't work for me. I'm going to find somebody else where you, rather than say, oh, I can't leave this vendor. I need his business. So that's a, that's a freedom I want to have as well. I guess that would be a freedom from. Yes. Dependency on others where that you're miserable because yeah. you, you, you only have like, uh, uh, so for example, uh, I'm a follower of Dan Candy he says one is the worst word in business, right? So if you've got one vendor, one major customer, mm -hmm. you know, you just do business with the government. That's very risky in my mm -hmm. mind, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you could, they could slow pay you. You could, falling out and all of a sudden this big customer is like 90% of your business. So if they turn out, they don't like you, you're, you're, you're toast, right? You yeah. got to have, you got to spread the, spread the field a little bit and have multiple ways to make money. If to me, a job is risky, just, you know, that's why you have to do stuff like what you're doing because you can get, so if you make good money, you need to save money that six months and you need to buy cash flowing assets. So mm -hmm. if you want to leave or they decide to leave you, you're still okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what you're working for. And um that's that's freedom. That's peace of mind and that's your first level of of uh, of the, you know because wealth is a measure of time, not money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people get that confused, right? But yes, it's your time. How long can you go without working? Without yeah. working, right? Yeah. So if you can do it for a month, you're your one month wealthy. Yeah. So I want you to have at least a year <laughs> and then and then I want you to buy assets so that, you know, because Jim Rome, I, I would say, you know, I'll ask clients, do you want to become financially independent? They go, yeah. And I said, well, tell me what that means. 
right? Because I want to make sure we're talking about the same thing. And I'll say, well, I'll use the Jim Rohn definition of uh, that's another thing. Listen to a Jim Rohn, R-O-H-N, morning. You want to work on your mindset, right? Uh, being able to live like you want to live from the income from your personally invested assets without a job. So if they don't have one, I say, well, try that one on. How's how's that one? Oh, hey, we like that. Okay. That's what you're working for. Because it's hard to reach a target you don't have. So everybody's out there. I want to make money. I'm doing this and that. But they really, how do you know if you won? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does that look like? And they, they haven't really thought about that. They just, they, people, you'll, they'll, they'll, they can tell you what they don't want, but it's really hard to say what you want. Yeah. If I were to do an exercise, what do you want in the next three years? What do you want? You know, oh, I don't want a job. I don't. I, I said, what do you want, and why? And that's hard. And so a lot of times, guys, you just have to go through a thinking exercise. What do I want? You know, I'm going to do a, a a class on um how to grow your uh, grow your cash flow course. I really focus on cash flow, and I'm we're trying to one of the exercises get people to list their assets because they think money, but <clears throat> let's say you got a car you don't drive. Or you've got skills, or you got an old email list in your business, or the, those are all assets. And then we take them through an exercise. Well, okay, what are your assets? Let's list them. And then how could you use these to make money? Do you have an old car you could put on Toro? Could you, you know, they're not because you don't think about me. You have to think. That's why the book, Napoleon Hill's book, is Think and Grow Rich, mm-hmm. right? And so you've got to have a, a you have to be. A burning desire to be free, to be financially independent, whatever. Like if it's not a fire in your belly, you ain't going to get it. Yeah, you're not. So true. You know, and uh, and then you got to make definite plans. Like if you're thinking, oh, it's definite plans, accurate thinking, organized planning. That's what makes money. I draw more from money into personal development, but to me, it's all the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it all ties in together, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... So, Curtis, wealth coordination account. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So what we teach is so remember the first principle is is say 15 to 20 percent of your gross income. Mm -hmm. Right. So step one is we teach people to create an account. We call your wealth coordination or your wealth capture account uh, that that I want you to. Like you, savings has to be systematic and automatic. Like, so it can't be a willpower thing. So let's say somebody has a job and they're listening to this. Uh, if you made a hundred grand, I'm just going to use easy numbers. And I would, so I'll take a piece. So tell me what they'll make. And I'll go, all right, you make a hundred thousand. What's 15% of that? $15,000 a year. Okay. So let's divide that by 26. Wait, what did I say? 15,000 divided by 26. Right, so that's five hundred seventy-six dollars a pay. So now I break it down to that, and I'll say, all right, listen. So I want you to go to HR. Y'all need to do this, right? This will change your life. Uh, and I'll say, all right, can you can you put aside five seventy-six a pay into that wealth coordination account? So that money is that's literally what it means to pay yourself first. Now, because people say, well, I fund, I put fifteen percent my four hundred one k. That's not saving. <laughs> Okay, you're putting money locked up until you're 60. That is not going to help you, especially if you're listening to this podcast, right? You need liquidity use control of your capital. So what I'm teaching them to do is create a separate account. And we use it for more than one thing. But the first thing I want you to do is stop. Part of all you earn is yours to keep, right? So if you look at the uh, think uh, the richest man in Babylon, start thy purse to fattening. This is how we do that. I want you to create a wealth 
coordination account and you are automatically saving money and that money is for you to buy or build cash flowing assets. Okay. And so it's just, I'm automating that. Now, what I do, Donald, is that's kind of where the money comes from to help people with step two infinite banking, right? So right now, I don't, I, if you can't do that, <clears throat> now, let's say you, you can't do that. Okay. Well, good luck for you. Curtis is going to help you find the money, right? <laughs> and, uh, but I need you to have a try. I don't care what it's 5%, 10%. See, it's more so the habit than it is the number. So don't feel bad if you can't do 15%. And 15% is the minimum. You know, don't let that be the math. Okay, I can save 30%. Great. There's no such thing as having too much capital. Okay. You can't yeah. save too much money. And uh, so that's the wealth coordination count. That's like the start start point of velocity, right? Because you have to capture the cash flow that's coming in. And so then what we do is we teach them how to flow it from that into a, some of that. And so let's say they're doing 15,000. I might only let them put 10 or 12 into a policy because I still want some money in the bank, right? Mm -hmm. Then what we do is we'll leverage that money to buy. So let's say they had a syndication or they bought notes or they, they had rental properties. I want 15 to 20% of that money. Where does it go? Back through the wealth coordination account, back through your policy to do what? Buy more assets that generate more cash flow. Mm -hmm. So the flow is cash, asset, cash, cash, asset, cash. And so what I want to do as we get more advanced, now we use that account to manage your policy loans and, you know, uh, uh, capture the uh, the cash outs or the when the money comes back in off your investments because we're going to flow it through your system of policies. That way, when you get money, you keep it, right? We want to take it out and flow it right back into another thing, but isn't all your money going into somebody's bank now? Well, why not yours? Yeah. Is what we teach, right? And so, but what I found is that I need to create that extra little step just to get people used to paying themselves first. Right. Mm -hmm. To uh, uh, even with investors or business owners, like, are you paying yourself first? You know, are you do you have a wealth coordination account? Are you managing your cash flow this so that you pay yourself first? Because most businesses pay themselves last. And I need you to pay yourself first. So I don't care if it's three yeah. percent of your gross. OK. And I had somebody told me I was talking to somebody said, yeah, well, we have a, a, a distribution business and I may make two million dollars this quarter. I was like, really? Okay. And so we'll net about 200000 I said, well, could you, uh, off that $2 million, could you set aside 3% off the top? I said, yeah, I think I could. Well, that's $60,000 off the gross, even if it's 1%, right? Off uh, that you set. So, so yes, you're, you're going to pay your drivers. You're going to do all the, all the stuff, but your business will eat up all the money you give it, right? And so that money would flow into my wealth capture. I have to capture wealth for me. You have to capture wealth for you. And so, and you have to, that's a decision. It's not, I don't care what you make. I don't care if you work at McDonald's, okay? It's a decision that part of all you earn is yours to keep. So that's the wealth court. That's a long explanation, but that's the wealth. That's the key to my whole process. You gotta, you gotta pay yourself first. And Curtis, the first time I heard that term was probably when I did read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So, and I didn't, when I first heard it, I didn't quite know. I, I, mean, I thought I knew what it meant, but I did. I, I wasn't sure if I did. So could, could you explain that to like, if I'm, you're explaining to a five or six year old, what is what exactly does that mean when you pay yourself? Which first? part? What? When you say- when So you say pay yourself first is, well, okay. So 
<clears throat> you've got to so when you get let's say you lie up your bills right mm -hmm. most people are taught that or when i talk to them they're thinking well all right i pay my bills and then if i have any money left over i'm gonna see if i can save it mm -hmm. yeah. okay that is the mentality. So there's four things you can do or a dollar when you get it. Spend it, save it, invest it, or give it away. So the order in which you perceive that is your what, what Jim Rohn would call your philosophy about money. So poor people think or middle income people think I'm going to make it. I got to pay my bills. Right. Um, and if I have money left over, I'll save it. So what I'm saying is if you lined up all your bills and let's say you make uh, 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 $3,000 a month, $5,000 a month, right? 10% of that goes to the house. So $500, you're a bill, but you need to put yourself at the top of the list. Okay. Yeah. That's what that means. I literally want you to pay yourself first. And then once you make that, that's a decision. Okay. And, and I'm literally going to move that money into your wealth coordination account. So that's gone. So now you run your household with 2,500. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then we teach people this is part of the cash flow map. So, all right, boom, that's 15%. So now you have another count for your fixed bills. This is what, you know, you have certain bills that are what I call static, right? Your mortgage, your car notes, your your uh, your debt payments, your subscriptions. You've got certain static bills. So what does that cost, right? You might find, I have people with hundreds of dollars of subscriptions they don't use, right? Mm -hmm. And then you've got what I call variable money. So we help people three, create, you know, you got an income account. The money comes in, and then you say, "All right, I got my, I got to pay myself. That's five hundred dollars. All right, so out of three thousand, I got twenty five hundred left, and then out of that uh, twenty five hundred, my fixed bills are fifteen hundred. So now I got a thousand dollars left, and so, and then I got variable stuff. Variable is like gas, eating out, um, things that go fluctuate up and down. If you're in business, you're variable." payroll would be variable, right? Mm -hmm. And so you have to be able to separate those out. This is what we do a cash flow mapping and you got to see that. So I've had people where in that example, they had a thousand dollars left over in their variable, uh, but they actually spent fifteen hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. Right? So now they are negative three hundred dollars. So where's that coming from? That's either coming out of your savings or you're financing it on credit cards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You see what I mean? So yeah. you have to get a, you have to look at where your money's going. And so, you know, but because the other thing about budgeting is focuses on scarcity, right? It's like, oh, you gotta can't go to Starbucks and you can't, you know, it's like a it's like dieting. Nobody wants to do that either, right? So I don't like budgeting. I I'd rather have you so like guess what? If you can save twenty percent of your income, I don't care what you do the rest of it. Honestly, yeah. take that twenty percent put in your wealth capture account and go make money, right? So it's a better thought process for you to <clears throat> focus on expanding your means and how to produce Then you can't, you know, Gernison used to say, uh, you can't scrimp your way to financial freedom, right? You can't yeah. lose your way to, you can't be Scrooge. Yeah. You can't cut, coupon, McDuck, cut right? coupons and get there. Right, cut coupons. You can't do that. That's that, yeah. <clears throat> because if you get, even if you get money and you're fortunate, let's say have a million in your 401k, you're afraid to spend it because your mentality has been one of scarcity and you have <clears throat> what I call fear-based hoarding mm -hmm. and you don't want to spend any money. So you're still afraid, right? Afraid mm -hmm. of running out of money. Whereas if you focus on cash flow, 
you know you always have new money coming in, yeah. right? But you've got but you do have to like manage it. And the other thing with the budgeting is what we teach people, not budgeting, but the cash flow mapping, is you have to create a lifestyle ceiling. This is really important, right? Because you want to I had a mentor of mine, now this guy makes easily a million dollars a year, maybe, you know. He's, he's like winding down. So he doesn't spend that kind of money. But one of the things he told me, I was at a mentor program a couple months ago. He says, uh, he showed us, he does all his numbers every month. One of my, I had a guest on my show. So he has a money date. So every month you should pull, pull, look at your money. You should look at your assets, your liabilities, your cash flow. Where are you? Like you can't go for like months and not pay attention to what's going on. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. he said he did his every month. <clears throat> and then he created, he called, we call it a lifestyle ceiling. And so out of the money he made, the businesses that he has, the 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 uh he does a lot of private lending, he he caps his outflow at ten thousand dollars a month. Mm -hmm. So guess what? So if you're if you're let's say you might you're making eight, you might cap it at ten. That's your lifestyle ceiling. So if you start making fifteen or twenty, because what you have to do is you have to whip Parkinson's law, right? Which says what? Expenses rise in me income. So if you start making money, what do you do? You, oh, I want my dream car. I'm going to get a bigger house. I'm going to get I, – I hate a lot of the stuff I see with people that are teaching money and having you go out there and you know get a $100,000 G-Wagon because you can write off your taxes. But it's not that simple. It's more to it than that, right? Yeah. And uh, Or I'm, I'm, I've got this Lambo and that kind of stuff. Well, you know, where, who are you trying to impress? Yeah. I want you to have impressive financial statements. Because I want you to get to FU. I don't care about showing off for anybody. Yeah. And if you want to do that, fine, but be financially free. You yeah. don't need to fake it till you make it. Yeah, <laughs> so, be able to buy it with your passive income, right? Right. Yeah. Buy, buy an asset first and then let the asset pay for the payment. Yeah. Or better yet, have your banking system set up and then have it flow through your bank, your policy, buy the car and then recapture the money that you would have given to, uh, you know, Ford Motor Finance or, you know, yeah. Nissan Motor Finance. You you want to because people think, again, you want to become efficient. See, so all of your money is going. This is step two, right? Goes into somebody's bank. But we give two thirds of our money away. So 35 percent of every dollar leaves our house in the form of debt to mm -hmm. others. Yeah. Right. So we teach you can be a customer to bank. You can be the bank. And then 30, 30, 35%, probably more like 40 goes to taxes, right? Mm -hmm. And most people don't have a plan to mitigate current and future taxation, which is your number one expense, by the way. Yeah. And uh, so what, what, so here's a, here's, so on the other side of this, and I'll, I'm, I'm going to stop and you can ask me a question or close out the, <laughs> the, the, cause you want to grow your money, but you got to become more efficient. So let me get this in here. So you got to manage your cash flow. So that's cash flow mapping. That's step one. So the other five wealth transfers are that you that we use that we go over to help people become more efficient are how you pay mortgages, okay? Because paying extra money on your mortgage, fifteen year mortgages, bi weeklies, all that. This is a whole other show, but it's a complete waste of money in this in this environment. Okay, you're not trying to get out of debt. That's not a thing. Yeah. All right, there's good debt and bad debt. Right. Two taxes. Right. So you've got to understand this too. Tax code. I was at a conference with Tom Wilwright. He says, listen, tax code is a map, a treasure map. Right. And so the government needs partners and then they will tell you what they need done. What do they need? Jobs, energy, food 
and safe, clean, affordable housing, yeah. right? And so if you, uh, energy, oil and gas, right? So there, there in his new books, there's another, uh, uh, um, I should have an affiliate for this, but I'm always saying, I, I always love giving books out. Um, um, Tax-Free Wealth and the other one, um, Win-Win Wealth by Tom Wilwright. And he, here are the eight investments the government will pay you to make, right? And so if you do that, you will seriously limit your taxation because you're partnering with the government. It'll give you credits or breaks on, you know, you, you already know the stuff you get for doing real estate. You know, right. you could get, do the same thing with oil and gas, but, you know, it, but you got to invest in what you know. Uh, the third is how we pay fund qualified plans. Okay. So in my mind, y'all have to make up your grown, you know, anything over the match is a waste of money because there's better things you can do with it than, mm -hmm. than tie it up. And uh, depending on what you believe, I, I I don't know. I don't. I think you know. You think in the future the government will need more money or less, right? That I don't know. I want to trap all my money mm. in an account where they control the rules. I'm just yeah. saying. Okay. <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh, right. The uh, the fourth one is how we pay for college. So 529 plans and the like. We would we would use insurance for that kind of stuff because it's invisible to FAFSA. And the fifth one is how you pay for major capital purchases. So which is defined as anything you can't pay for in full within monthly cash flow. Because if you're financing, especially with rich dad, we're called doodads, then that's a wealth transfer and you're using future earnings as collateral. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this is another uh, uh, thing we use the banking for so you can recapture that money and bring it back into your circle. So a lot of stuff, you just look, you just stop giving your money away. You're yeah. halfway to the winner's circle. Yeah. So this is good stuff. That's where I start. I'm <laughs> going to have to have you back to do a whole another one on taxes and debt. Cause yeah, we can go, we could go on another two or three hours on that, especially with inflation and the economy as it is now, I got to get you back in a few months. But before we hop off, Curtis, let me, let me, uh, let, me um, <laughs> let me, let me drag you through the lightning round real quick before I let you hop off. So you mentioned um, you mentioned a few books that you like. What book or books has mostly or greatly influenced your life? Um, I would tell you <clears throat> it's it's well, Richest Man in Babylon, um, Rich Dad Poor Dad, uh, just because it let me know that there was another way to think about this than um, you know, max out your four hundred one k and mutual funds were end all be all. Right. Um, <clears throat> uh, Success Secrets of Black Millionaires by uh, Dennis Kimbrough, uh, because that let me know that people that look like me are winning and they have been winning a long time. So I'm not there's no excuse not to be successful. I don't care mm -hmm. what people are throwing at you. People have been winning. And uh, all I need, I need examples of what I want. I don't need reasons for why I can't do it. I'm not trying to mm -hmm. hear that. <laughs> OK. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's three. What else? I, listen, if I showed you my bookshelf, you it's hard to pick out. But those are really influential. We take and grow rich um, uh, early on. And uh, I'm a big fan of Mark. Once what helped my really business now is I, I stumbled into uh, Dan Kennedy, Magnetic Marketing. And mm -hmm. that's when I realized what business I was in. So wherever you're in business, I don't care what business you think you're in, you're in the marketing business. Yeah. And so that's what really turned uh, uh, our, our, our business around and put us in the top, you know, probably five, 10% of advisors in the country uh, because I learned how to attract my ideal client to me instead of Magnetic chasing marketing. around. Yeah. 
All right, I'll check yeah, that out. Yeah, the magnetic marking by Dank is huge. Or and or out in the same ilk, the the 2022 version of that who just bought his company is uh, Russell Brunson. So for you, I'd have you read like Expert Secrets. Okay. He's got dot com secrets, expert secrets, and traffic secrets. So if you're trying to grow your business, mm-hmm. those are in you know uh, that thought process. But he learned them from Dan Kennedy. So I'm gonna start you with the source, and then we'll bring you to the future. Okay. <laughs> those have been very instrumental to me. I mean, those are those have been gold. All right, and um, how has a failure or perceived failure actually allowed you a greater success later? Um, there's so many. All right, let's see. <laughs> so, one, I'm like Jordan. If you watch the Last Dance, so like I yeah. let slights or insults they can drive me for years. <clears throat> okay, <laughs> and um, because I'm I'm not bitter, but I'm mad. And if I've been disrespected or something I didn't know how to do, I had a client that uh, I sent him to a, a podcast to listen to. This guy I thought I always explain it. So he called the guy started working with him and moved his money out of my thing over to the other guy's thing. And he said, well, you know, I, I feel like you got me to, uh, to, to sixth grade, but I need this guy to get me through middle school. And I wasn't confident enough. So I, I didn't, cause I really cared about him and his family. So all right, if I'm not good enough, maybe you should go there. And so I hated that. I doubted myself. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but that made me mad. Right. So I was like, okay, that will never happen again. And so I have been on a I'm a monomaniac going to mission because my biggest fear is giving bad advice. I don't only give advice, but, you know, be I want to be the best. So but I work at being the best. So I read a book a week. I've been reading a book a week since mm-hmm. college, you know, when, you know, and I got better and I go to classes. So now I am the best or one of the best. Right. I'm the, but I've worked it. So that slight and lack of confidence, I said, this will never happen to me again. And see, so when you say that, you can't just say that. I do the work mm-hmm. to do that. You know, I was in high school. I read George Gervin shots, 600 shots a day. Okay. Success these clues. Guess what I'm going to do? Curtis is going to shoot four or 500 shots a day. You know, I was a basketball, I played basketball in college and, uh, uh, so I ended up being all city and it's like, Oh, you know, you're such a good shooter. Yeah, I should be a good shooter. I used to shoot 500 a day. So if I'm squared up, it's going in. And so you have to do the work. And so it's like, Stuff like, you know, working with people, learning how we're in the bar business where I was getting robbed from because I didn't understand inventory control. I didn't know how to run my number. That's why I'm such a fanatic about doing your profit loss if you're in a brick and mortar, running your numbers, because if you don't measure it, you can't manage it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I come from brick and mortar. My family was in the supermarket growing up, and we were in the tavern business. I mean, you know, in Philly. And so I learned, you know, uh, in, in the hood where you, your bar could get robbed, it's going to get robbed at gunpoint twice a year. So that's that, that's where I, my, mm-hmm. I cut my teeth in business. So I, I grew up in brick and mortar, you know, in the city type stuff. And I started this business in college. So I've been in the financial business for since 1985, but I also was doing that side by side, working in my family business and this. So you just I've, I've learned a lot from my dad and my grandfather was in business. And so I kind of I never got that go get a good job talk. Okay. Yeah. You know, my, my dad told me you were never making money work for somebody else. So even when I made went to school, I thought you majored in business to go into business. Right? It didn't occur to me, and mm-hmm. you know, I realized the NBA was not looking for five eleven shooting guards. <laughs> I'm like, up. Oh. <laughs> we need a new dream. All right. Yeah, you're lucky. Yeah, because it took me a while to break that mindset of yeah, go to college, get a good job, 
you know, work 40 years and retire. So you're lucky in that regard. All right. And if you could have a billboard anywhere, Curtis, with anything on it, what would it say? Call Curtis. He will change your life. No, the uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a good billboard, though. Right? Yeah, I, I don't know a billboard. Um, that's a good billboard, and you should do that. Just by the way, um, success leaves clues. Mm-hmm. You know, if clues. you success leaves clues, uh, and you know, um, the only place, uh success comes before work is in the dictionary. Okay. All right, a couple of more. So what have you become better at saying no to? Um, everything, okay? <laughs> uh, so people wanting to call me for like business opportunities that I know I don't, I'm interested in, don't have time for, uh, I, at least three of those a week. I've, uh, um, I don't take it's hard to call me and have me answer because I'm on a call, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, all right, here's here's my calendar, you know. So I you can't really call me directly. It's like here's my calendar, and and it might take you a week to get on it. So I've really mm-hmm. learned to uh, control my time and make sure I stay on stuff. So I stay no to things. I say no. I have a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. And I have shiny object syndrome. Right. So I, oh, this is great. Oh, no divesting. This, you know, and so I'm like a squirrel brain. Oh, that's good. And so I've learned to say no to everything mm-hmm. just about because my fastest path to cash are my businesses. Right. That's what I understand. That's what I can control. So I no, no, not ready for that yet. Let me focus on what I'm doing. And so a lot of people, they jump around too much. They say, oh, I got to have multiple streams of income. No, you don't. You need one. And then you build two. And then mm-hmm. you build three once you've got mm-hmm. those solidified. You know what I mean? And so I've learned that. And I learned what my dad used to say, listen, you have to stay, stop jumping around to different stuff, you know, and give your your efforts time to work, you know, time to compound. You have to be consistent. He's telling me your stores, we had a supermarket. So he said, look, I don't care if everybody came in. We had a bar one time. He says, listen, it's 10 o'clock. If this sign says we're supposed to be open till 11, we're open. I don't care if nobody comes there or not. You have to be consistent. You can't be open just because you mm-hmm. want to be open. You have to be because what if they come by at, you know, because we have people that work at a police garage. They will come in third shift. They want to have a nightcap. Well, if you come by, they're closed. You're, the one time they may come back because maybe it was a fluke, something happened. But then if they come back and you're not open, boom, you lost them. They're going somewhere else. They're not coming yeah. back a third time. And yeah. so you you have to be. So my dad would say, well, look, is your store open? Make translation. Did you work today? Did you go to office today? Did you make your? Did you do the stuff? Um, you know, in my in my financial practice, that uh, so I make sure I get up. I'm at my desk at nine o'clock. I'm at whatever. I'm working. I'm dressed. I'm working. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of people when they want to be in business, they don't know how to do that without people telling them what to do. And so, yeah. All right, and then my last and favorite one: what important truth? Do very few people agree with you on? Um, wherever you are or are not financially, it's your fault. That's a good one. That's a good one. Right? Because when you point at somebody else, it's, it's three fingers pointing back at you. So you have to take responsibility 
uh, for your life. You know, freedom. Everybody wants freedom, but nobody wants responsibility. And our country is built on freedom with responsibility, and nobody wants the responsibility. Yeah, wherever. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say I learned this from Myron Golding. Said you want responsible children. Responsible means to respond with ability. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I once heard the quote that, yeah, wherever you are financially, it's, it's the accumulation of the choices you've made up to now. And that's all it is. You have to be able yep. to, you have to be able to own that. So, all right. Awesome, Curtis. Awesome. So, um, before you have we to make better off, choices. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you do. You have to make better financial choices. And that's what we, everyone, I think everyone has to, it's a, it's a work in progress, right? You have to work at it every day. Yeah. I'm a work in progress. Yeah, we're all works in progress, yeah. you know. I screw up all the time. <laughs> yeah, because it's so hard in this society, right? Because we're a con- consumer-driven society. I mean, you look at TV, all you see is they're selling. You've been sold to 24-7. So. And see, so you have to fight that. See, because what happens is, see, so you're getting all of these stimuli. Give us your money. Give us your money. Give us your money. But we can't get them to read a damn book, yeah. you know? You, you know what I mean? On on money. Like you're working for money. Why not figure out how money works? I mean, I challenge mm-hmm. our clients to read a book a month on money because mm-hmm. all of this stimuli is trying to separate you from your money. So if you don't – how do you got to fight fire with fire? You got to put stuff in your mind to, yeah. to keep you focused on you know what you were trying to do, which is become financially free. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Curtis. So um, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, Hire you, collaborate with you, learn about your podcast. What 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 are the best ways to get in contact with you? So our podcast is called the Practical Wealth Show. So you know, go there and check us out and see what we're doing. You can follow me on. Just gotta find it. I can forget my IG thing. <laughs> you know, but on you can follow our YouTube channel and search um uh, Practical Wealth Show. In that is a link to my link tree. Uh, in that on IG, and um and you can like you know if you want to like have a conversation about it, uh, about what we're doing. I would, I would, but I would follow me, get to get used to the, the what I call the madness that is Curtis of, of, of this show. And if you really, uh, uh, Oh, here's a, here is a, where's my thing at? I have a report called, um, uh, uh, we free reports called the value of liquidity. So I'm really big on giving access to the capital. Right. And so if you will text, be the bank, all one word, all caps to five five four four four. We will email you out our free report, and if you'd like to, you know, have a conversation, just go to practicalwealthadvisors.com and click apply to work with Curtis. And I'd love to, you know, uh, give you. A, we can talk about anything you want to talk about. You don't have to be a client, and um, um, we'll see a little bit of homework. But uh, if you if you feel like, all right, this guy is a little bit wild, but I, I think I want to talk to him. That's how you reach me. All right, great. We'll run all of those across the screen for our listeners. All right, Curtis, this has been great. I really enjoyed it. Um, really enjoyed talking to you. Definitely some valuable lessons and content here. And I look forward to um, having you back in a few months to continue this. Let me know. I always got something to say. <laughs> so. <laughs> all right, yeah, guys, thanks for having me. Go out there. Make it a prosperous day, everybody. All right. Likewise, likewise. Thanks so much, Curtis. You have a good day. You too. There you have it, guys. Another episode of Dealmaker Diaries in the books. If you enjoy and or find value in what we're doing, please do leave us a nice review. It goes a long way in keeping the show moving in the right direction. For you investors, 
If you're looking for places to put your hard-earned capital to work, head on over to our website, g1cgrp.com, and sign up for our investor list to be informed of the different projects we're raising capital for that will provide you with the cash flow your investments so much deserves.